Blog Talk Radio. Morning, afternoon, or evening, and welcome to Hope for Today. My name is Naja E. Brown, your host, and we thank you for your support and participation. Hope for Today is an outreach program of Yield to the King Ministry, and our hope and prayer for our listening audience is that you hear something that is encouraging, life-altering, or prompting you to study the Word of God. We welcome your comments anytime, and you can reach us through our website at yieldtothekingministry.org. Well, welcome to today's episode entitled, Jesus is the Light of the World. Now, how appropriate is that for this time of year, right? So, as I always do, as I read the promotional material, and it reads that the baby Jesus was born in the major. But the Christmas story does not end there. God the Father sent his son, called Emmanuel, into this world in fleshly form. He dwelt among us. This event is the beginning of an eternal story. In Matthew 1.23, it says, The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. The rest of the story is Jesus was crucified, buried, resurrected from the dead, and he will return again. Christ died for us so that we can be in a restored relationship with God the Father. Christ's gift of everlasting life is for all those who believe in him. We will experience that eternal story. So many people will associate the birth of Jesus, the Son of God, with Christmas Day only. In part, that is true. Some will send Christmas cards depicting the angels, wise men, the nativity scene, wreaths, and candles. The greeting, Merry Christmas, with scripture about Jesus' birth, are generally classified as religious Christmas cards. Others will send Christmas cards with Christmas trees, wrapped gifts, Santa Claus and his reindeers, a sleigh ride, and maybe some personal family portraits. And the greeting, Happy Holidays, without scripture, is typically for this type of Christmas card. It's typical for this type of Christmas card, excuse me. So which is it? Is one more appropriate than the other? Or is it both? Well, I would say, yes, it can be both, as long as we understand and acknowledge that Jesus is the reason for the season. Last year, the women's ministry at my home congregation uh, had a Christmas brunch celebration, and our theme was Christmas Around the World. We had a fun-packed day for the ladies with food, fellowship, and ornament gift exchange and Christmas caroling. I love this time of year. In preparation for our brunch, I researched 10 different countries to learn of their national holidays. I wanted to see how many other countries celebrated Christmas. I was interested in church services, food, and traditional family and community social events. What I did learn is people all over the world in different countries celebrate Christmas. We had 10 tables that sat eight ladies, and at each table there was information about a certain country, the national flag, population, geographical location, 
national religion with the breakdown of other religions and by percentage, the national holiday and languages. And this was to be the topic of discussion at each table and used as a uh, as an icebreaker. I intentionally chose countries that celebrated Christmas as a national holiday, but there was no mention of Jesus Christ as the reason for the season. However, the Christmas tree, St. Nicholas, family fellowship, community events, Christmas lighting, Christmas tree lighting, I should say, and gift giving were mentioned. Now, let me just say that by no means am I suggesting that there aren't Christians in these countries, but the national celebration of Christmas has taken a different turn. There's a message in this for the United States of America, too. As we move through this Christmas holiday, I see more and more year after year that Christmas has become about the tree, lights, gifts, and shopping at the mall. We, too, must be reminded that Jesus is the reason for the season. You know, non-offensive commercialism has taken over our Christmas decorations, which more often than not means that the nativity scene is absent. Department stores, business establishments, school districts want to be politically correct. They don't want to offend people, so they detract from the true meaning of Christmas. In fact, they don't even say or use the word Christmas anymore. They use the holiday language instead. So this is a reminder for us as well as all who is listening. Anyway, back to the 10 countries, the ladies agreed that we would pray for these countries, and our prayer was for God the Father to reveal himself and draw them unto himself. Our desire is that they would come to know Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. So let's talk a little bit more about Christmas. What is it and what does it mean? Well, Christmas is celebrated to remember the birth of Jesus Christ. Christians believe Jesus Christ is the Son of God. The name Christmas comes from the Mass of Christ, or Jesus. It's a Mass service, which is sometimes called Communion or Eucharist. And during this Mass, Christians remember that Jesus died for us and then came back to life. So why did Jesus come to earth as a babe in the manger? Well, let's consider the account of the foretelling of Christ about 700 years before his birth. And this account is found in the book of Isaiah, chapter 9, and we're going to look at verses 6 through 7, and this is the New International Version, the NIV. Verse 6 says, For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Verse 7 says, Of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. So the prophet Isaiah spoke of a son who would be called the mighty God, eternal father. Isaiah also indicated that this son would reign on the throne of King David and that this reign would be everlasting. Christians acknowledge that this prophecy is fulfilled in Christ Jesus, who is a descendant of King David and whose reign is everlasting. Now, here's an account of the birth of Christ, which is which in part fulfills Isaiah's prophecy. And it's found in the book of Luke, chapter 2. We're going to look at verses 8 through 14 
again, the NIV version. Now, there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. Verse 9 says, And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. Verse 11 says, For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Verse 12 says, And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, verse 14 says, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. The Bible doesn't say the day or season Jesus was born. I just know that the prophecy of his birth was fulfilled in part. So, why did Christ come? Well, in John 8 and verse 12, the book of John, verse, chapter 8, verse 12, in IV, it says, Then Jesus spoke to them again, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. You see, the gospel or the good news of Jesus Christ is the power unto salvation. The work the person and work of Jesus Christ is why our sins are forgiven and why we can be reconciled back to God the Father. We can be in a right relationship with our Father. What Christ accomplished for you and I through his obedience, even death on the cross, is sum up, summed up in the gospel of Christ. Let's go over the gospel, which is found in the book of 1 Corinthians. We're going to look at chapter 15, verses 1 through 8, the NIV version. Now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. Verse 3 says, For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Verse 4 says that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day according to the scriptures. Verse 5 says that he appeared to Cephas and then to the twelve. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers and sisters at the same time, most of whom are still living though some have fallen asleep. Verse 7 says, Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And verse 8 says, And last of all, he appeared to me also, as to one abnormally born. Romans 8.34 says, Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died, more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. So the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ is the gospel, and scripture also says that he is coming back again. So let's look at Matthew chapter 24. We're going to look at verses 29 through 31 in IV. 29 says, Immediately after the distress of those days, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. The stars will fall far from the sky, fall 
fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Verse 30 says, Then will appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven, and then all the peoples of the earth will mourn when they see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31 says, And he will send his angels with a loud trumpet call, and they will gather his elect from the four winds, from one end of the heavens to the other. Christmas is celebrated all over the world, whether people are Christians or not. So when I ask the question, what is the meaning of Christmas, our answers are going to be different. The birth of Jesus is a part of the eternal story that needs to be remembered. But the story doesn't end there. The continuation of this miraculous story offers eternal life for all who believe. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. As we read, he was born, crucified, and died, was raised from the dead by the power of God, and he will return again for his elect. Christians celebrate Christmas to remember the birth, but the whole story is Jesus' birth, death, resurrection, and his promised return. So in closing, how will you celebrate Christmas this year? And, you know, I ask myself that every year. Every year it's a little different, but there's that theme that I have to go back to. Jesus is the reason for the season. So is there a need for you and I to embrace the entire story to gain renewed meaning? Or if you celebrate Christmas and Jesus is not the reason for the season, what changes need to be made in order to participate in the eternal story? With that, I want to say thank you for tuning in and listening today. And I want to just wish you a Merry Christmas because as Savior and Lord, Jesus is the reason for the season. And with that, I want to say may God bless you and keep you and make his face shine upon you and give you peace. We'll talk again in a couple of weeks. God bless you.